Hi, fellow travelers. Carl, ACA. It's so great to be here. Katie, would you mind giving me a verbal five and a one? That would be really helpful. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, yes. Great. This is my first time at this meeting, so thank you so much for all of your kind hospitality here. Uh, I am going to read on page 393 in the Big Red Book, and uh, I chose the billion-dollar question. How can ACA actually help me? It says, ACA works for people who want it, not people who need it. People who want ACA attend meetings and work the program. ACA helps those who become willing to ask for help and accept the help offered. ACA offers freedom from unhealthy relationships and behavior that recreate the shame and abandonment of our childhood. ACA addresses the effects of growing up in a dysfunctional family. The effects can include fearing others, taking care of others to our own detriment, and feeling trapped in abusive relationships. We can feel guilty when we stand up for ourselves. There's also a variety of secondary addictions that can include addiction to food, sex, drugs, alcohol, gambling, spending, work, or relationships. By attending meetings regularly and by talking about our lives, we gradually change our thinking and behavior. We stop trying to control or manipulate others. In ACA, we find people who understand our situation because they have lived as we have lived. They have experience in changing their lives for the better. At the same time, we can learn to identify our problem and to address it in the 12 steps and fellowship support. We learn to give others the love we did not receive from our family. We do this by taking action. The solution states, we use the steps, we use the meetings, we use the telephone. Next little section, it says, I have a lot of experience in another 12-step fellowship. Is ACA for me? We're still on page 339. Many ACA members have worked other 12-step programs with good success for their most problematic addiction or behavior. However, these programs are not designed to address the effects of family dysfunction at the level found in ACA. Next page. These programs are lifesavers, but many ACA members have spent years in other 12-step fellowships struggling with other compulsive behaviors not addressed specifically by their program. Without focused help, many of these recovering people will switch from one destructive behavior to another. They can blame themselves and believe they are not willing enough to change. For the most part, these behaviors are survival skills related to being raised in a dysfunctional family. ACA addresses switching from one destructive behavior to another in addition to addressing other effects of family dysfunction. And I'm going to leave it there. So I am a double winner, uh, but most importantly, I am a human being. So my CMA sobriety date is May 17, 2016, and my ACA sobriety, or should I say clarity date, is June 1st. 2020. And it's been one of the gifts of COVID is actually getting into this program and really doing it really seriously. You know, I've been in 12 steps for 12 years. You know, I was a crystal meth addict for eight years and it took me four years to get clean and sober. And now I'm ready for the clarity that ACA offers. It did say ACA addresses switching from one destructive behavior to another in addition to addressing other effects of family dysfunction. And I feel like I'm at the right place at the right time to do this work.
and each person has their own unique pathway to recovery. You know, I'm an ACA, I'm an ACA who used crystal meth to numb my family dysfunction and alcoholism feelings and found recovery by going to AA meetings. And I just, that's important to know, it's just like, that's my journey to like being here today. So my qualifiers, my dad is the lazy, passive, aggressive alcoholic. And my mom is the enabling and controlling codependent. It's important for, for me to note that I love them both unconditionally and with grace because in an essence, I have become them. So the, the toolbox, little step work that we're gonna that we're gonna focus on and I'm gonna share about is, is step work. I'm gonna talk a little bit about my qualification to be in this program and then how working with others has got me to clarity. Um, ACA works for those who want it, but not for people who need it. I think that's such a really interesting sentence. I did the yellow step workbook in about two months, and now I'm on trait nine in the laundry list workbook with another fellow traveler. And that fellow traveler often says, well, how free do you want to be? And it's like, do you want to do the work right now? Do you want to have that clarity? Do you want to be free right here, right now? Do you want to do the work? And that's really gotten me really committed to this program. Um, the text also said you have to be willing to ask for help and accept help offered. And this is a program of action. And we use the steps, we use the meetings, and we use the telephone. In this case, we use Zoom. So I think we might have to update the text. Um, tonight, I hope to share my courage, strength, and hope, but most importantly, finding my God above and within. So a little bit about my background. I was born in Hawaii, I come from a military family. My elementary, middle school, and high school was actually in Central Florida. I am located in Fort Lauderdale. I have friends in New York, and that's through introductions. That's how I'm here tonight. Um, interestingly, in elementary school, I was diagnosed with a learning disability and put into a special class. You know, I, I felt relatively safe and nurtured, but it was the first warning sign of probably family dysfunction. If you have worked the yellow workbook, You'll find on page 37 uh, that it talks about many times our schoolwork was affected by the abuse in our homes. We were classified as learning disabled or having an attention deficit. Looking back, it's very interesting. It wasn't a learning disability. It was because I was from a dysfunctional and alcoholic family. In middle school, I began to be bullied, and then I began to realize that the world could be a hostile place. I was an easily target. I was lanky, goofy, and non-threatening. I was hit several times, and I was called a faggot. I didn't know that I was gay, uh, but it was probably my first experience with denial and disassociation. Looking back, uh, and with humor, they probably, I, I should have thanked them. Uh, things that would have saved me time, trouble, therapy, and an addiction. That affected me in the sense of like laundry list number three, I was frightened by angry people and any personal criticism. And trait number seven, we get guilt feelings when we stand up for ourselves instead of giving it to others. At this point, I had the perception of love, safety, and security from my family, but I was being bullied at school. I was almost living two realities and this began my game of disassociation. Uh, I was in church youth group and in Boy Scouts, I'm actually an Eagle Scout. My parents were all about the golden rule, treat others as you wish to be treated, or if you're a Bible thumper, that would be Luke 6, 31, do unto others as you wish to be done unto yourself. 
it was confusing because I had to be nice to everyone, even though I was being bullied at home. My parents encouraged volunteering and being of service. I did, and it got me out of myself in what would be an unhealthy way retrospectively. And that addresses uh, laundry list treat number six. We have an overdeveloped sense of responsibility for us to be concerned for others rather than ourselves. This enabled me not to look closely at myself. So despite being bullied and, and hurting on the inside, I was so busy collecting food for the hungry, fundraising for the band, and picking up trash for Adopt the Highway. I do have an older sister. She's super intelligent, super sweet. We're still super connected, but it was really difficult for me to follow in her footsteps. Uh, for me, I felt like getting good grades, behaving, winning awards was the way to be validated and loved. That ended in my late 20s when my parents' alcoholism and dysfunction started to get full on. There was lots of verbal and spiritual abuse. That God is telling me to do this. Jesus uh, is, is punishing you because you said that. It was really confusing. Uh, I began not feeling good enough and I continued to disassociate from myself and reality. And that relates to laundry list 11. We judge ourselves harshly and have a very low self-esteem. A solution is that I overcompensated. So I graduated with a triple major from the University of Miami in three years and I got my master's degree at age 21, all the while while working and doing internships after school. That got my workaholism in full gear. I subscribed to the fact that white males needed to be, have their shit together. And I was burdened by heartbreaks, not finding work and struggling to be self-sufficient and self-supporting. At this point around 2008 was when the financial crisis hit, things were going crazy. I went on a date and was offered something to smoke. It was meth. And then laundry list four emerged. We became alcoholics, addicts, marry them or both, or find another compulsive personality such as a workaholic to fulfill our sick abandonment needs. Eight years later, I hit my CMA and ACA bottom. I called my parents at 3 a.m. to rescue me from an incomprehensible demoralized state in my apartment. That manifested the laundry list number 10. We stuffed our feelings from our traumatic childhoods and have lost our ability to feel, express our feelings because it hurt so much. I was basically a stuffed Thanksgiving turkey with doom, despair, depression, anxiety, and fear with no courage, strength, or hope. This is really where the step work starts to come in. And what's great is that there is a solution. Five minutes. Great, thank you so much. The, and the steps come in so many forms. You know, there's the big red books, the step meetings, step uh, workbooks, seminars, and one-on-one -on -one with fellow traveler. Um, what's unique about step work is that I've actually done eight step workbooks. So uh, I've done the, the yellow book, the then the laundry list, then the Facing the Shadow of Sexual and Relationship Recovery by Patrick Carnes. I strongly recommend that. The, the red book the, for AA, then Reaching Personal Freedom from Al-Anon, then Blueprint for Progress, which is the fourth step for Al-Anon, 
This is really interesting. This is called Crossroads. It's a step away guide from the Christian Counseling and Education Foundation. And then last but not least, I did uh, Recovery Dharma. There's a new uh, workbook within that organization. And I, I really suggest doing workbooks because it, it holds people accountable. You actually see progress. And um, it, I don't know, um, there's, there's, you just, there's something about, I don't know, I, you could say that it's workaholism, but I don't know, I think with eight years of addiction, I, I know that I need to put in as much in my recovery as I did in my addiction. And I, and I take my recovery so seriously. And I, and I feel like that's a kind of a healthy balance for as much as I was in insanity. This is helping me find sanity, serenity, and clarity. Um, I do have four sponsees that I'm working with and they're all in various stages of the yellow workbook and they, they do attend other step workbook meetings. Um, I, I am, I'm encouraging them in their own pathway because mine looks one way, theirs is going to look another. And, um, I, I've noticed, I think when doing this step work that it can bring up an undescribable heaviness not mentioned in the literature. And it's so important to work with a fellow traveler to talk about thoughts and feelings and share and sit with. I did have one sponsee who triggered his smoking and food addiction. Um, he was wearing a nicotine patch. Uh, then he picked up his smoking habit again, got into late night eating. And that was just a signal to like stop doing the work and kind of regrouping. Before I do any step work with my sponsees, I do say the set aside prayer. If you're not familiar with it, it says, Lord, today, help me set aside everything I think I know about you, everything I think I know about myself, everything I think I know about others, and everything I think I know about my own recovery for a new experience in myself, a new experience in my fellows, and a new experience in my recovery. And it's very interesting to see how God speaks through fellow travelers when doing the step work. I often find laughter and divine coincidences in these kind of God moments when we're doing the step work. Um, my ACA bottom started with step one, admitting that I was powerless, but not helpless over the effects of alcoholism or other family dysfunction and that my life had become unmanageable. For me, it was calling my parents and choosing to no longer carry the, fam the bundle of family dysfunction and secrets, but choosing to talk, trust, and feel. In this process of recovery, I'm not recovering my old self, but a new version of myself that I've never known before. This work is exciting in a healthy, non-addictive way that keeps me coming back. I, and I encourage everyone to work it because you're worth it. Thank you.